What's up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another edition of Off the Bench Podcast. I'm your host today, Chris Gehring, joined by Zach Rosen in Chicago. He was at the lottery last night. Jacob Brame, Ryan Dizdier, they're here with us in the studio, in the <laughs> office. Um, we'll talk a little bit about last night, the lottery, what's ahead. But first, this podcast is powered by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever of the Wizards. BioFreeze offers fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits. BioFreeze can be found at your local retailer as well as anywhere online. Um, guys, it didn't really go the way that we wanted it to go last night. I think it's safe to say. I think that's been well documented everywhere online. Um, Zach, I wanted to kick it to, kick it to you first. You were obviously at the lottery, kind of the first experience really for any of us being there and taking that in. Um, what are your what's just your overall take from last night? And then obviously the next part of the process is very important and starts tomorrow for the Wizards in earnest at the combine. Yeah, I think there was clearly optimism, but you could sense that from every team going into an event like this. It's just pretty much a crapshoot with the way they changed lottery rules and you saw that with the results that anybody really had a chance to finish at any any point in the draft order. I think there's a common misconception about how the process works. I don't think people really understand uh, what goes down in the back room, and it is confusing. And I think we, we went through that process very clearly on the last podcast, but just a quick refresher, the first four picks were picked by lottery balls, and once three of those teams moved up into the top four that were not projected to be in the top four, it slid the Wizards back just based on standings because the Suns, Cavs uh, moved out of the top top four and pushed the Wizards back three spots. So the three, you know, the percentages and all that gets completely mixed up depending on who uh, finishes in the top four. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure you've seen the reports. Wizards were close to getting a pick, whatever. But this is the result. I think. Uh, the team really likes 10 players in this draft, and I I know that they've been scouting for a long time. The G League uh, camp took place earlier this week. The lottery actually did start yesterday, although a lot of it you know, ramps up as the days go on. Uh, the media is allowed tomorrow, Thursday, so we'll be there for that to see, you know, find out a little bit more. You've got the Euro League and Next Generation Final Four in Spain taking place this weekend. We'll have all the individual workouts. There's agency workouts. Uh, there's a global camp in Monaco later this month. So now we can really ramp up and see uh, who the Wizards will be looking at. Uh, of course, like you said, nine is it's certainly disappointing. But I think there were a lot of disappointed teams uh, at this lottery. I mean, think about the Suns and Bulls and Cavs, teams that almost like overtly tanked the entire season. And they didn't even finish like in the top five, four. So it, it was a very interesting night for sure. I don't think a lot of people saw or even thought about the Pelicans and Grizzlies being one, two. The Lakers obviously moving in was very surprising to a lot of people, and that was a huge win for them. Uh, but, yeah, it was just like a really shock uh, atmosphere, like almost chaotic, and I think in a way that's the best way to describe the NBA these couple of months with the playoffs, free agency, and draft process it's just chaotic 100 percent. and and this is this was new for everybody this year 
we saw exactly how differently it can play out. And now, you know, teams are left to, to kind of figure out what to do next. The, the, the other thing that I would that I saw online this morning and is kind of like put me at ease a little bit is when you look at the current playoff structure really quickly and then we can jump into kind of we'll go through the order and kind of talk where the Wizards uh, might be going. There's obviously a lot of mock drafts that just came out. But when you look at teams like the Bucks and even the Warriors and the way that they were built and the picks that they were built with, um, you know, Giannis, Steph, those guys were not top four, you know, top five picks. I know that they are they are special cases. I know that that does not happen necessarily in every draft. Um, but, Ryan, you looked up a little bit kind of guys that have been picked in the nine in the nine spot and then you know we'll look a little bit further as we get in this process at at who's gone around that at eight ten eleven um but i mean throughout history more many many times teams have gotten all-stars at number nine yeah absolutely and not even just number nine because you want to go back and look as like dirk Nowitzki and tracy mcgrady uh but more recently guys like Kevin Knox went last year, um, Kemba Walker, Andre Drummond. But like you said, it's just really that range because if you look at even just last year's draft as as an example, Knox went 9, Mikhail Bridges went 10, Gilgis Alexander, Miles Bridges were all in that range. Guys like Justice Winslow, Miles Turner, Devin Booker um, were all just after the 8th pick and just within that mid-range. And I think that's the important thing to remember is that getting 9 was certainly disappointing. The statistics we're not in favor of it, but it's not the like the last word on the draft process. There's a lot of talent that's and no one knows what's going to happen on draft night. Guys fall, guys rise, people make trades and things like that. So there's a very good chance that one of the top prospects could fall, could slide, moves could be made. So the ninth pick, while it's certainly disappointing, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about things moving forward. I think that as you look at this draft process right now, you'll see that um – there is not a very clear, you know, it's not like, oh, this is the fourth best player. This is the fifth best player. I think that, you know, we don't look, we don't know it's going to happen, but I think that a lot of teams are in agreement of who the best three are. But then after that, there it's it's a wide variety. And, you know, teams are going to do their due diligence. They're going to scout and all that stuff. And we really have no idea who's going to end up at that point, who's going to be available. For all we know, it will be someone who is not even on the the radar right now and has a great combine and great workouts and moves way up or somebody that everybody thinks is going to go for is going to slip a little bit due to either team needs or combine performance you just you just don't know anything and, and the fact is we had the sixth best odds the one pick um we we slid to nine i certainly think that we have you know it was a worst case scenario for us but it was a worst case scenario for a lot of teams because of the uh, because of the three teams jumping up and so um, I don't think that we have certainly the biggest gripe or anything like that. I don't think that, you know, would I rather pick six? Sure. But I don't think that you're looking at this and saying there is a massive fundamental difference between six and nine right now. Um, and so, yeah, we can gripe and all that. But the fact of the matter is this draft process is still going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of value with the nine pick and we need to turn the page and, uh, and move on to the next steps. And like Ryan said, hell of a lot of great players picked at nine you there were even some you you ran through all-stars didn't even get to DeMar DeRozan I mean um so I mean uh we just uh you know yes it was disappointing we wanted to all celebrate last night at the draft party which was all the lottery party which was awesome and all that stuff but but here we are and um you know it's up to uh 
whatever the wizard's brass may be to uh, to determine the best fit for us at this point. Yeah, and so just quickly to run through, Pelicans got the first pick, Memphis Grizzlies are second, the New York Knicks, who were the worst team in the NBA record-wise, slid to three. The Lakers jumped up to four, which means that the Cavs also slipped out. They will be picking number five. Phoenix, six. They've had a lot of lottery picks recently, too. Obviously, a lot of very high picks. We'll see what they do there. Bulls pick at seven. Hawks pick at eight. So there, there's all these teams that are going to be in different scenarios, different places. Um, you know, not everybody's going to need the same thing, obviously. Not everybody's going to need the same position. Um, some teams will obviously just be picking the best player that they have available to them. Um, the Wizards could be in that position. Um, but, Rosen, I, I think that another thing is that it's almost impossible that when you're sitting at nine for the first eight picks to go the way that the mocks say that they're going to go. And, you know, the further down the board you are, the more chances there are that maybe somebody slides on draft night that the Wizards really like. Um, or, you know, they'll be happy with whoever they get there. Um, in the past, that's happened a lot. And so I think that that is, is reason for optimism for the Wizards. They're going to have options. And, and at, at the outset of a big offseason, it's, it's still not a bad thing to have options, even though, you know, you wish you were picking higher. Yeah, I think after the top three, and we've been saying this, it's just kind of depends on what team you are and who you want. Uh and what your needs are like I think there are teams like the Cavs who will pick the best player available but if you look at um, a team like the Suns they're kind of looking at a point guard you know they built their team a lot through the draft or through trades with young players and they have specific needs and I think the Wizards uh, though they have more assets and pieces than the Cavs they're kind of looking at it like well we're just going to try to find the best player available I mean they need a point guard with John Wall missing a lot of this season. They probably need a, another wing. Uh, they could take a center, a young center, to complement, you know, if they retain Thomas Bryant, you know, someone who could complement him down the line. So there's a lot of options, and that's, uh, you're completely right. They're going to be flexible. I mean, in a way, you'd almost rather be – I mean, I don't think anyone's going to sit here and be like, well, I'd rather be nine than five. But at the same time, like in this draft, it's – it's really going to depend on who you like and what you're looking for. And the key is, yeah, you need to find the talent that maybe, you know, and the the quality and character and leadership and that kind of thing that maybe other teams uh, don't look for or don't have the opportunity to look for. Uh, so this will be a month-long process of finding out who that is. You know, maybe they like someone who's not, who's not going to go at night. They trade back, collect an asset. I think that's always on the table, something – we know that teams have done in the past uh, because, you know, a team at 15, will there will always be a team there that's going to fall in love with someone and they want to trade up and they get desperate. And, you know, the rumors like the Celtics offered four first-round picks to trade up for Justice Winslow, which in hindsight is really funny to think about. Uh, I remember there was a team who really wanted to trade up to nine to get Frank Kaminsky one year. Uh, so there's always that going on and it's going to be interesting and, and yeah I think like Jacob said as well we still don't know who's going to be running the show I'm sure that'll be figured out in the following weeks I mean it kind of needs to be and uh, it'll it'll be very interesting uh, but yeah if you guys want to start running through some names and I'm sure we'll see them tomorrow and hopefully get to interview them as well yeah so so the initial names that obviously right after the, the draft board is set 
you know, all of your outlets will come out with mock drafts, things like that. Most of them did. Um, we're still waiting on a couple probably, but we'll get this up on WashingtonWizards.com as well. Um, but the, the consensus, if there is one, is in, in my initial research, is the forward from France, Saku Dumboya. But you're looking at other names, Romeo Langford, Jackson Hayes, Langford a guard, Hayes a big man. Um, some think that Cam Reddish could slip down. Certainly a player who had a, a very interesting one year at Duke. He was hyped coming out along with Zion and R.J. Barrett. Um, missed an NCAA tournament game kind of mis- mysteriously. There are things about Reddish that uh, some think that he could It was confirmed that he down. was injured, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think at the time people were like, you know, there, well, was, was, there were some uh, questions about that. I was at that, that game and we were all my, yeah. I was there with my dad and we were both extraordinarily confused about why he but, wasn't uh, out there. Yeah, but a guy that obviously coming out of high school, the tools and the raw talent, um, was obviously there. He was highly rated, highly regarded. I mean, look, a guy um, like him could end up being, you know, second, third best player in this draft class. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, easily. A couple who other, knows what'll happen? Yeah, a couple other ones out of high school. Nasir Little, a big high school prospect, and who had a couple of big tournament games um, for them. He, you know, was kind of a, a no show a lot of the season, but in. Um, a lot of people saying that he was plugged into a full role at Carolina. He might be better sorted for a three. A guy like that who was huge, has huge talent, you know. Mm-hmm. And we we have a lot of time to really analyze these players' games. I love doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, but Little and Reddish are certainly two of the more interesting players in this in this lottery. Yeah, for for a multitude of reasons. I mean, I think when you look at Little, he's a guy who has considerable growth potential on the offensive end, but a guy who's going to be able to defend a ton of positions. I know that was something that the Wizards really liked about Troy Brown when they picked him this year. And obviously it's it's all going to be about how they fit into, you know, the vision of, like Zach said, the whoever's running the show, whoever the general manager is, can, gets to set the course for this. And the draft is it, it, it has the potential to be kind of our first look into the direction that they want to head. Um, you know, the ninth pick is is still it's a it's a top ten pick. It's a very important pick. It's a pick that people are going to look back on and say, how did this kind of impact the direction of the team um, in that in whatever point in time? So, I think it's some interesting things. We're going to learn a lot more about Sakud and Boya. Obviously, we didn't watch him in college. Um, he played overseas, obviously, but um, and and Zach, all these guys, almost all these guys are going to be at the combine tomorrow. I, I know that you've you obviously watch college basketball as well. What what are some of the guys that you've seen in these mock lists? Um, maybe characteristics that the Wizards could like, or guys that you just like in general that could that could be around there at nine. Uh, so I I think there's a few different tiers to look at. I think you look at the guys who came into college, you know, the higher prospects. So that would be like Bull Bull, for example, out of Oregon. You know, Manu Bull's son, an uber talented, uh, one of those unicorn type guys, but got hurt this year, missed the whole season, basically. And you know, his his injury stuff is, is not great. Um, so he he would be a risky pick, I think, for anybody in the top ten. But we've seen Could teams have huge go for that. upside. You know, Steph though. Curry <laughs> had really bad ankle history and. You know, the Warriors went for him, and the rest is history. Uh, How about Joel Embiid? I think so. Along along those lines, Darius Garland. I he's been moving up a lot, but he was a big prospect going to Vanderbilt. Uh, he kind of fits that. He got hurt. I think he tore his ACL. So, but he's been moving up a lot. I don't expect him to fall, but you never really know. 
uh, like you guys said, Nasir Little was a huge prospect going to UNC, and he mm-hmm. was definitely falling and then got the March Madness uh, uh, tick up a little bit. So he's, he's flying up radars. Uh, Romeo Langford was a top five prospect, went to Indiana. This guy could score. He did not have a lot of talent around him at Indiana, though, and I think that really hurt him. Although I've noticed he's flying up a little bit, and you know he's got all the tools to be a great scorer in the NBA. Uh, you guys mentioned Cam Reddish, definitely a talented player. A lot of question marks about you know his shooting, I think, in particular. But he has the six-eight wingspan, or sorry, height. He's got a, I think, a seven-foot wingspan. Can guard multiple positions. Can really score. And he was in a tough situation at Duke. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last guy I'll put there is actually is Kevin Porter Jr. The son of Kevin Porter played for the for the Bullets back in the day. Big time passer. His son is similar. He's a really good uh, playmaker. At, went to USC. Kind of you know the Pac-12 was really disappointing this year. This goes for Bull Bull as well. Uh, so there's that. Then I think there's guys that could slip like Jared Culver. I think a lot of people know stuff about him from Texas Tech. He's been flying up radars. DeAndre Hunter fits that. They're both three and D guys. They're gonna be probably drafted before the Wizards get there, but you never know. They could fall. Something could happen at some point. I think Hunter I think it's, I think really it's... flew up the board because of the National Championship run. Yeah. We saw what he can do. You saw it, especially the, in between the team that UVA had last year without him that lost UMBC versus this year. He was a difference maker. Uh, Bruno Fernando is an interesting prospect. Local. Rui Hachimura, they're both kind of similar. They're Brandon big. Clark from Gonzaga Rui's as well. a little smaller, yep. not as much of a shot blocker as Bruno. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting guys here. Tyler Harrow, who's from Wisconsin, went to Kentucky, uh, can get buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy who fits that. And then my last guy that I'll mention is Kobe White. Uh, with the hair, everyone probably <laughs> started to realize uh, that he, he's got game He's going to be an interesting prospect. I think he's the kind of guy that we're talking about who could fall to nine and really fall into the Wizards' lap, which would be great. Um, but, yeah, one other thing to note to note is Hachimura is not going to be at the Combine, but a lot of these other guys will be there. I'm excited to, to see how they look. And I think the one thing in common with all these guys is they have really good height for their for their uh, position. I think, I think the interesting thing, too, is that the public perception, like when you – watch these guys go through the tournament and play in these big-time games. Um, in reality, the, the the front offices, they have their boards. They're all internal. And when you when you get to draft night, you find out how different those all are. And obviously, like, you see the, you see the mock drafts and all those things, and they tend to be very similar. But you find out on draft night where teams really value players, and sometimes it can be drastically different. And that's when you see those guys fall, rise, um, all those kinds of things. And so I think that all that stuff will play out. I think the other cool part is that we will likely see a lot of these guys that we just mentioned here in D.C. for draft workouts and, and hopefully get to talk to them as well. Um, but it all starts at the Combine tomorrow. Um, again, come back to, to Wizards.com. We're going to have some more some, some stuff that kind of wraps all this up, um, ties up some mock draft stuff, and we'll have content from the Combine. Zach and, and our crew are there hopefully we'll get to talk to some guys from there um but other than that final thoughts on the lottery on the draft guys it's gonna be fun yeah it's gonna be fun um, this is you know one of the favorite times of the year uh, i think that there's there are obviously you know you'd, you'd love to be in the 
Eastern Conference Finals right now, but barring that, it's really fun to have a high draft pick and get to scout a lot of guys, and there's so much to read and analyze, and, and it's, it's going to be a blast. For sure. All right, well, Zach, have safe travels from Chicago and beyond. Enjoy the Combine. Um, once again, this podcast is powered by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever of the Wizards, offering fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits. For Zach, Jacob, Ryan, I'm Chris. We'll talk to you guys next time. Mm-hmm.